Good morning and welcome to worship on this 13th Sunday after Pentecost. However you have found us this morning, we're so glad you are joining us for worship this day. Welcome to our YouTube viewers, our radio broadcast listeners as well. Today that radio broadcast is sponsored by Pastor John and Muriel Michelson in memory of their son Luther on his 55th birthday. Thank you, Pastor John and Muriel. In preparation for worship this morning, I invite you to light a candle, gather some bread and wine or juice in order also to celebrate Holy Communion as part of our worship this day. We begin worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the fountain, of living water, the rock who gave us birth, our light, and our salvation. Amen. Yesterday we celebrated a baptism for Logan Robertson, and today we join together in giving thanks for the promises and gifts in baptism for us. Joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for this gift of baptism. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea you led your people from slavery to freedom. At the river your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water and your word. You claim us as daughters and sons, and we praise you for the gift of water that sustains life. And above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Shower us with your spirit and renew our lives in your forgiveness, grace, and love. Amen. We join together in singing our gathering hymn for this morning. Blessed be the tie that binds, that is hymn number 656. We sing together.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your Son, who chose the path of suffering for the sake of the world. Humble us by his example. Point us to the path of obedience. And give us strength to follow your commands. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We now join Pastor Sarah and her daughter Lydia for a children's sermon. Good morning. Today in worship, we're going to hear the second part of a story. Last week, we heard the first part. In that part, Jesus gave Simon a new name. He called him Peter, which means rock. But in the story that we're going to hear today, Jesus calls Peter a stumbling block. Last week, Peter said that Jesus was the Christ. That means anointed one and that Jesus was the Son of God. But today, when Jesus explains what's going to happen to him when he goes to Jerusalem, that he has to suffer and die there, Peter's gonna get a little angry with Jesus. And so Peter, so, so Jesus calls Peter a stumbling block. Last week, Peter could speak the truth about Jesus, but this week, Peter didn't like the truth. Last week, Peter was a rock, but this week he is a stumbling block. Rock or stumbling block? Well, which is it? Well, it's both. Peter is both a rock and a stumbling block all at the same time. And you know what? So are you and so am I. Martin Luther once said we are simultaneously, that means at the same time, we are at the same time simultaneously saint and sinner. We are sinners. That means we don't always live the way that God would have us live. We don't always do the things that we should do. Sometimes we might tell a lie. Maybe we get into a fight with one of our brothers or our sisters. Maybe there are things that we're supposed to do that we don't do. And this happens to all of us the youngest and the oldest of us, all of us are sinners. But at the very same time, God loves us. God loves and cares for us and we are special to God. Each of us is a child of God and that makes us saints. So you see, we are both saint and sinner. So even though we don't always do what is right, God still loves us and forgives us and gives us a chance to try again. In fact, it is God's love that helps us and encourages us to try to do the things that we're supposed to do, to try to live in the way that God would have us live. We are saint and sinner all at the same time. And you can't separate the two. You can't say this part of me is a saint and this part of me is a sinner. It's all mixed together. We're just both saint and sinner, rock and stumbling block. Well, I have a project that you can try that might help you think about this a little bit. Here's what you're going to need. You're going to need a piece of paper, a pair of scissors, a piece or two of tape, 
something to write with, and oh yeah, mom and dad to help you a little bit. I have my daughter Lydia here who's going to help me make this project. What we're going to do is make something called a Merbius band. That's what it looks like. What, you, what you'll have to do is take your piece of paper and cut off a strip. Now I like to cut about a strip that's about an inch wide and I like to cut it along the long side of the paper. Once you get it cut out, if you want to, you can write rock on one side and block on the other like I did. But you don't have to, you just can if you want to. We'll give Lydia just a second to write rock and block. Once you have your strip of paper, you want to take it and bring the ends together as though you were going to make a ring. But before you make a ring, twist one end of the paper and then you can tape it together. And I'm gonna help Lydia here. I'm gonna give her a little piece of tape and stick that on there. And then we'll stick one on the other side too to hold it together. Now you have a Merbius band. Here's the special thing about a Merbius band. With a normal ring like this one, you can take it and it has an inside and an outside. If I ask Lydia to draw a line around the outside, she'll be able to do that. She can start at one end and draw all the way around and come back and stay on the outside of the paper. But now I'm gonna give Lydia a challenge and I'm gonna ask her to try to do the same thing with this Merbius band and we'll see what happens. So go ahead, Lydia, start at one side and draw a ring around the outside of that paper. And let's see what happens. It's a little bit harder, isn't it? With that twist in there. She's doing a pretty good job, though. Okay, so she drew her line all the way around. And what you'll see is that that line is on both sides. The paper, the Merbius band, really only has one side. It's both inside and outside all at the same time. We are both rock and sinner. We rock and block, saint and sinner all at the same time. Just like this Merbius band only has one side, it's both inside and outside all at the same time. So when you find yourself making some bad choices or acting in ways that you're not very proud of, you can remember that God still loves you and you can rely on God to help you get things back on track because God loves you inside and outside. God loves the saint and the sinner. God loves all of you. Thanks for joining me this morning. I'll see you back in worship. Our first reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans. In it, Paul presents benchmarks for faithful relationships with both Christians and non-Christians. 
Love, Paul says, is the unflaging standard of our behavior. When we encounter evil, we do not resort to its tactics, but seek to overcome it with good. While Christians cannot control the actions and attitudes of others, we seek to live at peace with all people. A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We join together in singing our gospel acclamation. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what, he has, for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. 
praise to you, O Christ. Dear beloved of God, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. This past weekend, I had the chance to take a short overnight trip with my family up to northern Wisconsin. We spent a day exploring and camping in Patterson State Park. On our way home, we detoured slightly to the east to stop and do some hiking in the Schwamigan National Forest. We hiked about four and a half miles through the forest from the trailhead to St. Peter's Dome and back. It was a perfect day for hiking, not too hot, especially in the largely shaded forest. The trail started off quite even and smooth, but the farther we went, the more rough it became. Gnarled tree roots and half-exposed rocks presented constant tripping hazards. Mosquitoes were a nuisance if you stood still for too long. But was it worth it? St. Peter's Dome is a granite outcropping on one of the highest points in the area. The view is breathtaking. The Schwamigan Forest seems to stretch out forever. On a clear day, they say you can see all the way to Lake Superior and Madeline Island. Unfortunately for us, it was a bit hazy on Monday when we were there, and so we couldn't see that far. Nevertheless, after the arduous trip up to St. Peter's Dome, it was delightful to sit and see so many trees spread out before us. Okay, so this is not really an ad for the Wisconsin Tourism Board. There is a method to my madness. As I mentioned, the place we hiked to was called St. Peter's Dome, and I was cognizant of the fact that I would be preaching this morning on the second half of the story, in which Simon makes his great confession about Jesus being the Christ, and then Jesus gives Simon a new name, Peter, meaning rock. Wouldn't it be great to record my sermon from there? but no one in my family seemed all that excited about lugging the recording equipment on our hike. And in retrospect, it was good that we did not attempt that. The trail was rough and steep at times. And besides, Peter's confession is old news last week's story. In the second half of the story, the story that we are focusing on today, Peter is more like those half-exposed rocks in the middle of the trail waiting to trip up hikers. After Peter's confession, Jesus begins to show and to teach the disciples what it means to be the Christ, that he must go to Jerusalem and that there he will experience great suffering and even death. Jesus' words and teaching are like a splash of cold water in the face. After the excitement and joy that comes with that moment of insight, Jesus' words force Peter, force us back into reality. When Peter confessed Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, he no doubt had ideas about what that would mean, expectations for what Jesus would do, plans he hoped Jesus would bring to fruition, goals for Jesus to accomplish. If we are honest with ourselves, so do we. We too have our own to-do list for Jesus, things we would like to see Jesus accomplish for us. But Jesus is God's Christ, God's Messiah, God's anointed one, not ours. It is God's plans, God's mission, God's will that Jesus will be faithful in carrying out, not Peter's, 
and not ours. It is God's reign that Jesus has come to inaugurate God's kingdom that Jesus has come to reveal. I want to look a little more closely at Jesus's words because they have too often been used to justify violence and abuse in the name of religion or God, as if God wills that Jesus suffers or that we suffer, as if violence is somehow an integral part of salvation and so we should simply accept it. Especially in light of the recent shooting in Kenosha of Jacob Blake and the ongoing racial violence, we must be clear that violence is never what God intends, nor does God expect us just to sit back and accept such violence as though shootings and other acts of violence are simply the cross that black and brown bodies are supposed to carry. So look again with me at what Jesus says. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And on the third day be raised. The goal here is not in suffering and death, but in resurrection and new life. Yes, there is suffering and death, but it, that is not the reason Jesus has come. Suffering, violence, abuse, oppression, coercion, these things are not God's will. Life is God's will. These other things grieve God to God's core. They get in the way of God's will. That God's aim is to make life flourish shouldn't really surprise us at all. After all, God is the creator of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. God is always working towards making life possible, making life better. At the very dawn of time, it was God's spirit that hovered over the chaos, bringing the world and the diversity of life into being. As God's anointed one, as God in the flesh, God with us, Emmanuel, as Matthew calls him, Jesus's will is God's will. It is a will that is aimed at life, at liberating, rescuing, delivering, redeeming, sustaining, healing, reconciling, saving life. While Jesus's path forward does include suffering and death, we should not mistake this path as being for the sake of suffering or for the sake of death. Jesus's path, his mission, is for the sake of revealing God's glory and power that erupts in new life, new possibilities, new opportunities at every turn. Nor should we mistake our call as Jesus's disciples for Jesus's call as the Christ. It is Jesus's call to blaze a trail through the wilderness to the Father for us. It is his call to cut through the underbrush to determine when to zig, when to zag, or when a switchback is called for. It is Jesus's call to figure out where the stream is easiest to ford. Our call as disciples, as followers of Jesus, is to follow Jesus. We do not need to blaze our own trail to the Father. Jesus, the Christ, has already done that. 
When Jesus says to deny yourself, to pick up your cross, he is telling us to set down our path-finding and our way-clearing gear and instead follow the path that he has laid out. From the beginning of his ministry on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has been teaching us and showing us how to see and recognize the kingdom of heaven, how to spot the trail that leads to the Father through the tangled roots and embedded rocks. His words are not meant to deny us our own agency, but rather to encourage us in the use of our agency and our gifts for the service of making the path more worn and more visible for other followers. Be salt for the earth, Jesus told the disciples. Let your light shine so that others may see and give glory to your Father. Set aside those behaviors, those attitudes, those prejudices that hinder you from seeing and recognizing and participating in the kingdom of heaven or that trip you up or that send you off in the wrong direction or that trip up others and hinder them from being able to experience the fullness of God's reign. When we follow Jesus, when we set aside our own ambition, our own agenda for the Christ, when we are salt and light, then God's power and glory is revealed in and through us as well. God can reach out through us to extend God's love and grace and mercy. At the very end of this story, Jesus tells his disciples that there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Friends, this is our call to help others catch a glimpse of Jesus and the kingdom on this side of eternity to make God's love tangible for those around us, to encourage and support each other in the journey or in the words of Paul that we heard this morning, to let love be genuine, to hate what is evil and to hold fast to what is good, to outdo one another in showing honor, to rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, and to persevere in prayer, to contribute to the needs of the saints and to extend hospitality to strangers. We had been hiking for 45 or 50 minutes over pretty rough terrain. We were hot, sweaty, and tired, and just beginning an ascent out of another valley when we came across a group of hikers, two parents and a couple of elementary-aged kids headed in the opposite direction. You're almost there, they said, maybe half a mile or so. There's a bench just a little ways up if you need a rest. It was a bit of hope for the weary. About 10 minutes later, we encountered another couple coming down from the summit. It's just two minutes from here. The view is spectacular and there is a wonderful breeze that will cool you off. A preview of what was to come. These may seem like small things, but it was all that we needed to keep us going. We all have our moments, like Peter, when we can see and name the truth clearly. But we also all have moments, like Peter, when we are tempted to want to try and blaze our own path, believing that our way really will be the better way. The forest, though, is vast, and the terrain is unpredictable and shifting. 
And what at first glance appears to be solid ground isn't always so solid on closer inspection. What is certain is that the trail laid out by Jesus will lead in the right direction. It is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who knows the way to the Father and who has made the path secure for you to walk upon. May you, in faith, follow where Jesus leads. Amen. We sing together our hymn of the day, Lord Jesus, you shall be my song, hymn number 808.
as we prepare for another school year, we take this time to offer a word of prayer and blessing for all who will be returning to school in the coming days. Let us pray. God of wisdom, we offer thanks and praise for the gift of new beginnings and for the opportunity to learn and to wonder. This new school year is different, and we enter into it with more worry than normal. We pray for the safety and well-being of teachers, students, staff, coaches, school bus drivers, and administrators. Help them as they face the challenge of new tasks and new ways of learning and teaching. As they learn and teach, help them also to discover the varied gifts you have given each of them to be used for work in your world. Bless the backpacks and the students who will be carrying them. Give them eagerness to learn and stick-to-itiveness when things get hard. Open their hearts and minds to new thoughts and ideas, to new lessons and skills. Strengthen their friendships and help them build new relationships with others. Keep watch over them as they travel to and from school. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Confident in God's care for us and helped by the Holy Spirit, we pray for the church, for the world, for all who are in need. God of faithfulness, you bid us, your people, to follow Jesus. Set our minds and the mind of your church on divine things. Grant us trust in you that we lose our lives for the sake of Christ and discover true joy in life through him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of wonder, the earth is yours and all that is in it. We praise you for the beauty of these last days of summer and for the emerging signs of fall. We ask that you would protect those in the path of Hurricane Laura those impacted too by wildfires burning in California. Be at work, O oh God, through both aid and relief. Be at work through your people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all nations, you call us to live in harmony with one another. Bring peace and reconciliation to communities affected by violence and unrest, especially the community of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Fill leaders with mercy and understanding and help inspire us all to work toward ending systemic injustices. Help us all to advocate for those who are poor and more vulnerable in our communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of salvation, you promise to deliver us Give those who suffer a strong sense of your presence and love. Accompany those who are uncertain. Raise the spirits of those who are despairing. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving. As we lift up especially today, Deb Johnson, Marilyn Lee, Carolyn Barnhart, Alice Kennedy. We pray for Bruce Siebold and his family in the death of his mother, Dolores. We pray for Mary Olson and her family in the death of her mother, Irene. 
We pray for the families of Marion Jensen and Audrey Erickson, whose funerals we've gathered for this week. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of community, you call us to rejoice in hope, to be patient in suffering, to persevere in prayer. Make our congregation a workshop of your love. Help us to overcome evil with good and guide us in the ways of serving our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of new life, in the waters of baptism, you welcome us into your family and you name us beloved. Bless Logan, who was baptized yesterday, in his new life in faith. Nurture and support him as he grows and give him the joy that comes from your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all grace, you give us everlasting life. In love, we recall your holy ones who now live in your undying light, especially Marion Jensen, Audrey Erickson, Dolores Siebold, Irene Anderson. In our remembering, give us a foretaste of the feast to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the sure and certain hope that nothing can separate us from your love, O oh God, we offer these prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. I invite you to share a sign of peace if you are gathered with others for worship this day. We send you peace, air hugs, and I even told my family that I would blow some kisses. So peace be with you. Peace be with you. We thank you for your continued generosity, for all the ways that you support the work of helping those in need here in our community of faith, in the ongoing ministry of our Savior's Lutheran Church, and in our greater community of Menominee and throughout the world. We thank you for your generosity. Your support is vital as we continue to follow in the ways and work of Jesus. We welcome your offerings to OSL, and we invite you to send those offerings to our church office through the mail, or use our online giving option on our website at oslme.com. We now sing together our offertory, Let the Vineyards Be Fruitful. pray. God of goodness and life, all creation is yours and your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. Water and word, wine and bread, these are signs of your abundant grace. 
Nourish us through these gifts that we might proclaim your steadfast love in our community and in the world through Jesus Christ, our strength and our song. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Here at this table, we find God's provisions for us on our journey. Here in this meal, God's love, grace, healing, and forgiveness abound. So come, taste, and see that the Lord is good. I invite you to receive, to share this meal with those you are gathered with, or to receive it yourself. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. As you receive these gifts of God, we hear an offering of music from Michaela Gifford. She will be playing Threads of Love.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. God of welcome and grace, in this meal we have feasted on your goodness and have been united by your presence among us. Empower us to go forth sustained by these gifts so that we may share your passionate, fierce, and neighborly love with all through Jesus Christ, the giver of abundant life. Amen. As you go forth into the rest of this day, go forth with the reminder of this promise that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God, the creator, Jesus, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the comforter, bless you and keep you in eternal love. Amen. In conclusion of worship this day, um, I wanna share a few important ministry updates as I brief you, the ministers of OSL. The first of which is an invitation to receive a personal blessing of your backpack. That is happening today. Pastor Sarah and Denise are in the parking lot from 9.30 a.m. till noon to offer a backpack blessing. Drive through for that blessing and you'll also receive a gift bag. I remind you that um, we continue to offer morning prayer matins via Zoom with Pastor Sarah. They gather at 9 a.m. a little bit earlier, I think, for some fellowship time. If you would like to join in that morning prayer experience, simply email Pastor Sarah and she will get you connected. In addition, um, this past Wednesday, we have begun uh, an evening prayer, night prayer worship opportunity. Compline is gathering in our church parking lot at 6 p.m. If you'd like to be part of this night prayer, um, bring a chair, bring a mask, and most importantly, contact our church office to sign up. You can call or email. Let us know you'd like to get on that list. We do have limits of numbers that can gather safely even outside. So please do contact the church office if you would like to join in that night prayer compline worship service. I remind you that if there is a prayer concern you have or you wish to visit, with one of our parish nurses or our pastors, uh, we invite you to please reach out to us. Uh, all of our contact information can be found on our website at oslme.com. We sing our sending hymn now together for the beauty of the earth, hymn number 700, yep, let me start over with that, hymn number 879 verses one through four.
Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God. Thank you for joining us for worship this morning at Our Savior's Lutheran Church. 
We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and are located in Menominee, Wisconsin. You can find this and previous week's worship services on our YouTube channel or through your favorite place to get podcasts. If you want to sponsor one of our radio broadcasts in memory of a loved one or in honor of a special event in your life, please contact our church office and they will be able to help you with that. If you wish to support the ongoing ministry of Our Savior's Lutheran Church, you can send your offering to our church office at 910 9th Street, Menominee, Wisconsin, 54751 or use the online giving option on our website at oslme.com. Thank you again for joining us this morning for worship, and may God be with you till we meet again. <laughs>